Hey, this is Aaron. And this is Paul. And we are from the Retro Obscura podcast. And you're listening to the Super NES podcast, the SNES podcast, the SNES podcast, and whatever acronym you would like to butcher like I just did. (laughs) So awesome. Keep listening to the SNES podcast. the super nes podcast this is episode 13 uh this is your regular host greg and i'm joined today by not one but two guest hosts uh not only do i have cameron back again with me uh who, who was recently on a podcast a few episodes ago talking about super castlevania 4 uh say hello cameron hey how's it going uh cameron is one of the co-hosts of the we're going to need a bigger show podcast and we're also joined we're also joined today by his other co-host uh, like in that podcast, uh, Mike. Say hello, Mike. Hey, how you doing? So, yeah, uh, it's great to have you on the podcast again, Cameron, and it's nice to have you on here, Mike. It's great to be here. Oh, mm. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped once again. <laughs> yeah. So the game we're talking about today is going to be another one of those uh, popular classic games of Super NES. It's a much acclaimed uh, arcade port, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4, Turtles in Time, uh, released by Konami back in 1992. Cameron, uh, we've already talked a little bit about your Super NES history, like a whatnot. Uh, but what's your history and experience like this game? Let's see. I remember I had a friend in elementary school. Well, he was like a, a friend I knew through church. And he was a guy that, like, he had an NES, but he wasn't really a gamer. And I remember he came he came over once, and I was like, oh, uh, we should rent. Like, first, I'd already played it. Like, I knew of the game. And I was like, oh, we should rent this game because it's co-op and it's, you know, if you set it on easy, it is pretty easy. Mm-hmm. So yep. it's like a game. It's a good game for people who don't play that often. You know, you just <laughs> you just hit Y over and over and, you know, throw foot around and it's awesome. and It's fun. And uh, so that's just I remember it being that go to game when I wanted to feel good about myself and uh, and just beat a bunch of stuff up. 
So that's, and I think I got the cart when I was like a teenager, maybe. Hmm. And of course, I'd rented it a few times when I was a kid. But I actually got the cart when I was a teenager. Um, and it wasn't too expensive. I think, I want to say last time I saw it on eBay, it was. It was pretty high up there, so I know it's a it's a popular one to collectors and stuff. Yeah, actually, the cart's not that bad for pricing. We're talking about pricing toward the end of the podcast, but it's really only in CIB mm-hmm. form that this game's really get expensive. Uh, okay. Cart's not really like all that bad, but uh, yeah, this game definitely sells like being like an excellent side scroller, uh, beat 'em up kind of game. So uh, definitely a good choice. There's a lot of like worse choices that you could make. Yeah. Um, and so, Mike, so what's your history like of this game, the Super NES in general? Uh, well, geez, I mean, I was kind of a big Ninja Turtles fiend growing up. I mean, anything. Yep, same here. Ninja Turtles. On, <laughs> I, had I had, I had every box of cereal, every you know collectible cereal bowl that came with them, uh, and I you know had all the action figures and everything. So, uh, and and one of the big things when I was growing up, we had a local arcade, and I remember playing Turtles in Time uh, at the arcade growing up. And so this great thing happened where, uh, you know, I would go to the arcade and I'd play it. And then we would, you know, right across the street was our local uh, video store, Video Wizard. And they had, you know, the cartridge. And and I just remember thinking, you know, this is insane. I just played this yesterday at the arcade. You know, now I can play it, you know, or or, or however it was, you know, now I can play it at home. Um, And I just remember that, you know, my friends... It was it was Power Rangers and Ninja Turtles, uh, and you know that's we would either play the the Power Rangers <laughs> game or the or the Ninja Turtles game. So uh, I have I have a lot of really fond memories of, about this one for sure. Yeah, definitely because like you know uh, like uh, some ports from arcade to systems take years. Uh, this one only took like a year for it to come sure. out on the system. Uh, the arcade game came out in September of 1991. The year later, in September of 92, it like came out in North America. So uh, the game came out and was still like pretty popular, like in the arcades. Yeah, yeah, that I, was that was really incredible to me. I I should say that I mean just to just to join in and be part of the group. I like I, I mean I was that same kind of person. If, if it had Ninja Turtles on it, mm. it you know it was mine. <laughs> but I think when this came out, you know I was like seven, eight. It's not like I was like oh I'm over the Ninja Turtles, but it wasn't like <laughs> I, you know it wasn't the, quite the same fever pitch it was when i was like four mm. but that that i think speaks to the quality of the game and how well it ties into the rest of the franchise the cartoon especially yeah like how strong it is because mm. it was enough to appeal to me at a, at an older age and you know not being so uh you know in the depths of turtle mania me still being like oh i need to play this game well so, i think one of the one of the cool things in addition to that i mean just you know you kind of touched on it with uh you know tying into the the cartoon i mean the fact that it also tied into the movie or to the second movie you know with toka and razor i just always thought that was mm-hmm. like you know the fact that it was this all-encompassing thing you know as a turtle fan it just kind of blew my mind growing up yeah right. and th- what one thought that i've had before is that if turtles in time had had been the plot of the third turtles movie <laughs> what a wonderful world it would be <laughs> that would have been so uh. much better to to be fair though the if the um if the game had had a samurai level that would have been really cool like an like yeah. a, a, I guess middle aged Japan ancient Japan whatever that would have been cool but I think we would have had a much better time with a third Turtles movie had it been a time hopping like you know <laughs> sci fi adventure sure well the NES game uh uh like the like the original 
uh, the NES port, the original arcade game, did have a samurai level added. Uh, there were two levels. There were two levels added to the NES port, uh, the original arcade game that were not present, present like the original arcade version. So, uh, one of them. I know that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like all the classic Turtles games, I thought were excellent. Uh, all three NES games, uh, this game, a Hyperstone Heist, uh, uh, the Game Boy games, like all of them, like were top notch. Well, Cam, you and I recently have revisited the the arcade version. Um, and I remember again playing that at the same arcade I I grew up uh, playing in. Are you talking um, about I, the first beat 'em up one, like not Turtles in Time, the one that's just yeah 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 the one that we did the playthrough for. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I remember the NES game having that, and just like I remember really enjoying it, but just being supremely frustrated by it. Like it was <laughs> a re- it was not an easy game to play. Hmm. Um, but Turtles in Time. Oh, the one that I remember was the uh, I think maybe Tournament Champions. Was that was that what yep. it was called? Yeah, yeah, that game came out like both the NES and the Super NES. Yeah, and I I adored that game. I I loved it. It wasn't a great game, um, but mm. I really I just thought the idea of like having, you know, a turtles fighter was was just the coolest thing ever. That was a big sleepover hit when I was growing up. <laughs> Yeah, there actually is like a little bit of a fighting game, like in this one too. Uh, like on the menu screen, besides the besides the regular game, one player, two player, you also have a time trial mode, and you also you're playing also tournament mode. Time trial mode challenges you to see how fast you can go through uh, three stages and clear out enemies. Where tournament mode allows you to be able to fight off against another turtle. There's a couple additional moves in, in that mode that are not in the present. Uh, they're not present in like the main game, so it's like had a lot of fun. Uh, Konami really crammed in a lot of options like this game pack to make it like above and beyond the original arcade game. It's definitely a little different. It reminded me of uh, the NES Double Dragon, where this made absolutely no sense. You couldn't play Double Dragon co-op. Which, <laughs> I mean, the game's called Double Dragon. You should be able to play as the two guys. But then it did have like a fighting mode where you mm. could, you know fight you know fight your friend or in my case uh just plug up a second controller and fight a guy who couldn't fight back because that's mm. kind of fun too <laughs> right <laughs> and, um, you know again just just gaming things to make me feel better about myself but uh to talk about my experience with the other turtle games um just like mike had the original game made by um ultra yes i've actually i'm looking at a poster right now that's an expanded version of the cover art of that game where, where all they're got, all wearing red masks. Yeah, they've all got the red bandanas. <laughs> so that game's always held like a special place in my heart, mm. but it's it's too dang hard. Like yes, it the, is. Yeah. The, the amount of times I died in the seaweed is just tragic. <laughs> it makes me hurt inside. Uh, yeah. Um, and then I mean the second one for the NES is great. It's just a straight up, uh, straight up beat 'em up and um, a really good port of the arcade. Yeah. It's super fun. It's super replayable. And then uh, the third game for the NES and the Hyperstone Heist one, I didn't play until I was older. Hmm. And uh, actually, recently I had a Sega and some games gifted to me, and I and Hyperstone Heist was in there, and I was like, "Oh, cool! I've never played this one." Hmm. So it was really surprising to put it in, and it's it's almost like a condensed version of Turtles in Time. Like it has a lot of the same stuff, but it's not the same game. 
Yeah, Konami was very good at like doing that. Uh, a lot of companies, a lot of companies during this time period, were just, like were lazy, just kind of porting their, the same game over to both systems. Uh, not Konami. They, they always took games of the best franchises, Turtles, Castlevania, Contra, and they made individual versions for both Super Nintendo and Genesis, uh, capitalizing on the strengths like of both systems. Like so Konami, they like, always did that great job with that. So yeah, and uh, another another game that I got with all these Sega games was Sunset Riders. Oh yeah. Which, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, this might come up later, but there's quite a few. I mean, at least in my mind, similarities between Turtles in Time and Sunset Riders. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll probably get into that a little bit later on, but uh, yes, I think it's, it's interesting. <laughs> right. Well, let me go into a little bit of technical uh, detail and some background, and some background like about the games and the, and the games in the series. Uh, like I said, like I said, this is the second or the second Turtles arcade game. It was released worldwide back in September of September '91. Uh, it came on Japan in July of 92, North America in September of 92, and Europe in November of 92. Uh, the game was given the four designation in, in North America to kind of link it to the previous three NES games that came out already in the franchise. This game still called Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles in Europe because, of course, uh, Ninja wasn't allowed to be used in Europe at this time period. So, um, Can you explain that at all? They can't use the word Ninja? And there was some kind of the cultural bias, the fact that they kind of felt ninja was kind of like a bad word to use in terms of kids. So okay. uh, that's pretty oh, much wow. that. That's pretty much all I know about it myself. So it was one of my favorite words as a child. So <laughs> I can't imagine being deprived of that. Yeah. Um, there was a remake of this game available, like available for a while, like the Xbox 360 and PS3 called Turtles in Time Reshelled. Uh, that came out back 2009 uh, by Ubisoft. I played that version. Yeah. yeah, that version that version sold well, but wasn't very good. Uh, right, they, right. They, uh, Unfortunately, they had to make a lot of changes to the game because because of copyright reasons. Uh, like, for example, Konami copyrighted like, all the music, so Ubisoft couldn't use any of that. Uh, like when they re-released the game and whatnot. So when I read that there was a remade version and that they had to take out the music, I was like, "Well, pff, that's not even worth playing." <laughs> like the music is awesome in this game, hmm. and uh, I, I can't even imagine playing it without it. So, well, unfortunately, yeah. that version was yanked in 2011, like the license expired. So it's like the only way you can get this game nowadays, like, is either through emulation. Uh, like by buying a cart like online. So it's just not available on virtual console because of those license restrictions. It kind of sucks, but... Yeah, know, unfortunately. Guess. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> like, so this game's a basic beat-em-up, like we already said. Uh, you get to control the turtles. Uh, the arcade game allows you to play all four at once. Super NES version like, only allows two players at once. Um... Uh, Leonardo, Michelangelo, Dante, and Raphael all have those ranks. They all have some differences. Uh, they're all better in some categories, uh, a weaker than others. Uh, real quick, Leonardo's Leonardo's balanced. He's a great turtle to, to use to use like for beginners. Uh, Dante is strong but slow. Raphael is very fast, uh, but he's also the weakest. It's like Michelangelo is, is kind of a quick a quick turtle. The nunchucks being very good for attacking like low lane enemies like Mausers. My usual preferred turtle to play, like like Leonardo, like a Dantel. Mike, I'm I'm interested to hear uh, who your favorite turtle is. Well, the... man, I was I was an egomaniac, so of course I had to pick Michelangelo. <laughs> uh, you you are a party dude. So I can I'm, a, I'm kind of a party dude, uh, uh, retired party dude. Um, but yeah, Mike, Michelangelo was was always my uh, my go-to. Um, Every almost every time, anytime we played any turtles game, it was it was always Michelangelo for me. What what was yours, Cam? I you know it's weird. I still <coughs> cannot decide. 
Like if I if I die, if I die, I go to a different turtle. Like I'm that person that's like, uh, maybe I'll do better with Raph. <laughs> so I I've never been able. I think like in general, my favorite turtle is Don. There's no question. But sure. um, and I you know when I first turn on the game, I'm like, yeah, Don, it's, that's me. And then but eventually I start getting you know a grass is greener. Uh, you know syndrome, and I think somebody else is going to do better for me. Mm. So I don't. I really can't say I've had a consistent turtle that I pick every time for mm. this game or any other. Yep. And as Cameron mentioned earlier, uh, this game really is kind of a great game for beginner p- people or people not that good to beat 'em ups to play. Because the controls of the game are very simple. Uh, there are some there are some combo moves that you can use, but there's only like four or five combo moves, and they're, like they're all pretty easy to pick up. So you can get the hang of the controls no time flat. Um, there are, th- there are three difficulty levels. You can also adjust how, how many lives that you start the game with. And one touch I really love, you can change the graphical settings. You either have like a normal, bright anime, like the anime look, like a more like a dark, gritty cartoon comic book look. So uh, that's a very nice touch. Like I said, Konami really did a great job in, in beating up the game to have all these like uh, uh, extra features and options to it. Definitely some cool, some cool options. I love when it's kind of... Uh... You know, you can kind of mold it to your experience level and what you want out of the game. Like if you, if you're not looking for much of a challenge and you want to, uh, like I said, you can kind of feel good about yourself and waste a little time, then set it on easy and move up all your lives. And if if you're willing, if you're wanting to, like, you know, I'm going to get better at the game today, then you can turn it up a little bit and get a different experience <laughs> out of it. Uh, yeah, it's a relatively quick game to play too. It's like before you have minutes to an hour, like you didn't have to go through like all ten stages. Yeah, it's true. That's I think if you're gonna. If there is any complaints against this game, it is the length. Um, it, it is a little on the short side, but I, it doesn't necessarily work against it. That's just the way the game is, you know? Mm. Yeah, so we will talk about the differences between the arcade and the the, the arcade and Superman version, like version later on a little bit. But by and by, I think this port of the game is excellent uh, because I spent a lot of time playing the, in the arcades also, also before I got the Super the Super NES version. And really, the main differences that they made to the game improved it. Improved it, I thought. Just like the extra stages and common moves and enemies and, and enemies that they add to it, like and everything. Um, just just really, as far as the port goes, uh, I really can't think of any of the ports of the system that were done better. It was like one game, like it was excellent. Yeah, I remember uh, just really loving the differences i mean and I'm, if i'm not mistaken i mean there were more uh fi- or bosses in the in the snes version which yep. you know I yes mean, there were every everybody loves everybody loves boss battles you know? that's, <laughs> uh, that's a blast um so the basic plot to this game is kind of the typical one that you might expect uh like seeing the classic cartoon. Um, turtles are watching TV. Super Crane comes down, steals the Statue of Liberty, and the turtles go to take their drone to try to take it back. But it's a trap, and Shredder, Shredder uses the machine to send it back in the, to send it back in the past. And then the, and the turtles have to go through various stages, uh, stages, stages, to, to get back to the present and defeat Shredder once and for all. So um, but it, it's kind of interesting in that it's it's a uh, it's a video game MacGuffin. Yes. Like, I don't know for how much your audience is familiar with the idea of a MacGuffin in a movie, and Mike, you may be able to explain this a little bit better, but it's basically you think the movie is about one thing, and there's a plot point, and it kind of pivots, and the movie is actually about more about something else. So, yeah, that was... The, go ahead. I don't need to explain it any better than that. <laughs> okay. Uh. Well, um, that's kind of what this game is like. You, It starts off ex- almost exactly like... Uh, the second Turtles game for the uh, Nintendo. 
and you're basically you go, you know, uh, you've got your first level, you've got your city level, you've got your sewer level, but then it just takes a total left turn and you're traveling through time. I mean, you kind of knew it was coming because it's in the title. Right. Still, it's sort <laughs> of a, it's a neat twist on, you know, what they'd already established as, you know, what the turtles beat em up uh, template, I guess. Uh, so yeah, your turtle's basic attack moves. He has his basic weapon, the, the weapon that he can slash with. He can do a jump kick. You also have a special attack that you can do. Some things get desperate, separate drinks on your house. Um, and then you also have my like, two favorite moves, like in the whole game. You have a sideways stomp move between grab a foot soldier and just wham them side to side of you. Like you need to clear out enemies. Like it's a great move. Uh, very very satisfying to do that also. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> And then the other move, which is different than how it was like, in an arcade game, uh, you, have the ability, you have the ability to be able to grab an enemy and just hurl them like, straight off the screen. to record you on the camera. Again, very, very satisfying. Uh, like in an arcade yeah. game, just like in an arcade game, that only happened randomly. But in the Super NES version, you're, able, you're actually able to control that. That's, it's such like a cool, it's such a cool design element. Like, first of all, the fact that you have to use it in a boss fight with Shredder. Yes. And yep. I, I mean, I've definitely got stuck on that boss being like, what am I trying? Like you, you're like trying those little metal arms that try to come out and get you. You're like trying to hit those and what, what am I doing? <laughs> and, um, but, but just the animation for it, like that little scaled sprite that comes flying at the screen and goes, meow. Like it's just <laughs> a really cool little touch. I mean, it's, it's just really fun. Yep. Good use of the mode seven effects also. So, so, like, so I guess we can talk about each stage briefly here. Uh, stage one is your basic New York City, I guess you're on a skyscraper or something like that. Uh, just your basic, like, you know, uh, the introduction to the game. Uh, a couple of cool effects, that kind of thing. Uh, the boss fight, like this one, uh, like the mutated form of Baxter Stockman, like in his fly form. Uh, kind of tricky, but not that bad. Just want to get the hang of it. Uh, very good intro stage. I just... I'm a huge Cronenberg Fly fan, and it was never, like, I, I, that was a movie I grew up with, and I always kind of connected the fly with Baxter Stockman, so just being able to whoop up on the fly was, was basically my favorite thing in the world growing up. I <laughs> yeah, I like that he starts off with a machine gun, and then you, you get about halfway in, and it, it like, shoots a yellow hand thing. Yeah, those damn hands. Those are hard to avoid. Water. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was always like, what, what on earth is that? Oh, well. I mean, that, he's kind of a, at least... In most modes, he's kind of a pushover, so you're like, whatever, Baxter. You just kind of slap him around. But, um, but he's a pushover in the first mode when he has the machine gun. The higher difficulty levels, when he changes the hand, you can't jump kick him anymore. You have to wait for him to come on the ground, uh, fight yeah. and get up on him there. So. Yeah, it just it reminded me of the second NES game where you have to fight Baxter in the sewer, and he's in like this little floating thing. It's it's like the most annoying boss battle because you it's really hard to hit him. Like he's kind of all over the place, right? And uh, so, in at least in comparison to that, it's much easier. But yeah, Baxter's Baxter's such a cool uh, mm. villain idea, I guess. So yeah, I was yeah. it was cool to see him in the game. I uh, get yeah, the music for the stage is, is, is also like also like my favorite like the, like the game. It's a nice variation like the classic turtles theme. Yeah, I mean, all the all the music I I really really dig it. Yeah. Uh, that's my eloquent opinion on that. Uh, so stage two has you, like, has you actually has you actually in city streets. Uh, pretty much more of the same. Uh, nothing really too difficult yet. Uh, this is where Mauser's first get introduced, like to you. Like you always have to avoid things like you know those 
uh, manhole pits and that kind of stuff, so I gotta be careful like about those. Um, I'm drawing a blank as to what the boss is like the stage though. I think it's maybe like one of the mech turtles. Um, that one's uh, is it Metalhead? Is that the guy's name? Yep, I think you're right. Uh, he's like a uh, robot, robot turtle. Yep, not that tough to beat yet. I don't. Re- I'm trying to remember like um, the the details on that. Like if he was in a cartoon episode or like the details on that. That yeah, guy, pretty sure. But... Yeah, sure. Shredder yeah. created him. To yes. Defeat the turtles. Yep, exactly. Okay. Yes. So did he turn good or something? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I think so. I'm pretty sure. Yes, yeah. he did. Yep. Okay. He, he did. So yeah, they we touched on before. Very nice effort like by Konami here to include things not only to include things not only here like in the cartoons but also from the movies also. So uh, a lot right. of familiar, a lot of familiar enemies, a lot of familiar foes, that kind of stuff. Stage three is one of the bonus stages like of the game. Uh, this is the stage like in the sewer. Uh, like going down the sewer pipe, uh, like on that day, uh, board of yours. It's like having to slash, to slash foot soldiers, just like the pizza monsters. Yeah, the the pizza pizza monsters that look a lot like a certain alien. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they're vicious though. Those things are scary. Yes, like, they are. Really think about the idea of this uh, a big yellow pizza xenomorph pizza monster. That's <laughs> Yeah, so you really got to be like, careful like about those. So in stage four is Technodrome. They add some additional parts to Technodrome uh, in this one to make it longer than it was like in the arcade version, uh, because the whole elevator, the whole elevator sequence later on, later on the stage, where you're playing with the elevator, uh, that's how new the Super NES version of the game. And the boss fight with Shredder, of course, is also new because that's the one that, that Cameron talked about earlier. We have to like actually throw, uh, throw enemies like back at Shredder to damage him. Uh, the elevator fight is is pretty cool. It's very simple, but. Uh... Just a neat concept, you know. You're in a confined space, and, and it's you're, pretty. And, uh, it's pretty unrelenting, as I remember, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. As you go up, the the foot, get, you know, the the staple of the Ninja Turtles games is that there's like different types of foot, you know. Right. Got yep. and they're color coded. You're like, oh no, that's a Ninja Star guy. That's a that's the annoying guy that can block my uh, weapons with a coin or whatever he's holding up. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um. So as you go up, you get um, what are the guys' names that have that like send the little rope out to shock you and all that? Oh uh, crap! I know that when you're talking about, it, I can't remember what they're called. Yeah, those things suck. Yes. <laughs> so they come in at a certain point. I think you get mousers at a certain point. Yep, you do. You know, just pretty pretty annoying as uh, as <laughs> villains go. Yeah, the boss fight with Shredder here is one of the coolest ones in the game, I thought, because the whole, not only not only because of the perspective uh, that, that you're fighting the fight through, but also the way that you have to win it. Because you're looking at the stage from Shredder's like point of view, and you're having to like grab enemies and actually throw them at the screen to damage him. So that's like, a very nice touch. Yeah, definitely a, uh, a creative way to go about um, having to damage an enemy that's not just, you know, memorize the pattern, dodge, hit, you know, that kind of thing. It's definitely... Well, more to it and and there just wasn't a whole lot of that you know i mean that's that's kind of what i appreciated a lot about this game i mean it 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 added a lot of elements that you weren't seeing in a whole lot of other games you know they may have been in a few but i mean this i i I recalled this one being uh you know kind of different in that way yeah yeah i can't think of any games myself that actually had that you know like throwing me a screen ability either so um like that was like very cool i mean this this battle gets tough like i think if you if you do it on medium or hard difficulty um the foot soldiers that you have to throw are the ones that can block you so essentially you just have to run back and forth dashing 
so that you can ram one, then grab them and throw them. As opposed to, you know, in the easier levels, it's just normal foot soldiers, so you can hit them once, then throw them. It's pretty simple, but otherwise, uh, it gets a little, it gets a little frantic. And don't forget, you're also trying to do that. Also trying to avoid those two arms and the the machine gun is firing at you. So, uh, yeah, takes the coordination here to do this. Uh, the game definitely the, the, the game definitely gets more difficult at like this point forward because stage five uh, is the first time stage. We are throwing back two and a half million years in the past, where it's like prehistoric stage, uh, and you're like, having to fight like prehistoric dinosaurs and rock soldiers, fighting their enemies like that. Very very tough. So the game the, the, the game definitely takes out the kid gloves here. And again, I thought that was you know uh, I mean the rock soldiers another part of the the cartoon series. I yeah. just thought you know it's it's interesting these little touches. You know, I mean, there there are a ton of ton of nods and 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 enemies from from mm. all over the turtles mythology, and I just, I really really appreciated that. And true to form, those stone soldiers are very tough to beat too. They really like weigh on them for a <laughs> yeah. while. Yes, they were. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah, they're they're jerks. Um, <laughs> to put it politely, uh, yeah, and I I like the idea that you know the foot they're already there. Yep. The, they have um, they've already gotten there they've already trained pterodactyls to drop rocks on you <laughs> they've already loosened a bunch of stalactites to fall on you and um, man they're they're prepared for the turtles and it's uh, it's not it's no cakewalk. <laughs> Like I said, this is all like you know one big trap. So just like you know, uh, you just have to like, get through it. Um, the boss for the stage is one of the changes that was made uh, from the arcade version. In the arcade version, you fought Cement Man fighting in the stage. Uh, but in the uh, but Super NES version, they they made another nod toward the like, toward the cartoon. It's like you had to face up against Slash instead, uh, the evil turtle. Yeah, Mike. Do you know anything about Slash's story? Uh, no, not, not that I, like, nothing that I can remember off, like, the top of my head. Um, I just remember, <laughs> just a side note, I remember thinking that he was one of the coolest looking characters, uh, and just thinking, man, you know, if anybody's gonna beat the Turtles, it's gonna be this guy. <laughs> He's a gnarly dude. And it's, it's weird, they included both Metalhead, Metalhead and Slash, which are, you know, kind of evil reflections of the turtles so mm-hmm. that's right, it's right. interesting to include them both yeah the next stage is the next stage i classify as more annoying than it was being difficult because this is the uh, power chip in 1530 and it's annoying for several reasons you have like cannonballs being fired at you you have like you know trap uh traps traps in the ground like boards to come up whacking the face um yes just some very tricky spots to navigate through this playing the stage and very very slapsticky and uh, and I believe isn't aren't uh, Bebop and Rocksteady the, the the bosses at the end of this level? Oh yes, yep, yeah, another change they made. Yeah, playing the arcade game. And and I just thought, man, it, it's just that yeah, everything about this level I thought was annoying. I think the boss battle is really annoying. I think that it's uh, this is just not a fun level level <laughs> to have to play through at all. In the harder levels, you have you'll have parts where you're fighting off. Uh, rock soldiers it seems like this is all happening at once you've got yeah. an area with the boards that you can't step on Luck- thankfully they've marked them <laughs> and then you've got you're fighting off rock soldiers who are like charging you and you know being jerks like I said and then you'll have, you're, you've got a pirate ship in the distance firing cannonballs at you um, so it's a lot to avoid and I think that's, a, that's an important observation to make about the turtles beat 'em up stuff in general is 
there's always a lot of uh, environmental uh, hazards, I guess, as opposed to other beat-em-ups where it's just, you know, you just have to avoid getting beat up. Whereas this one, you have to avoid getting beat up, but, like, the first, the second um, Ninja Turtles game on the NES, the first level, you're in the, the building that's on fire, and, uh, Mike, we commented this on the playthrough, there's giant balls coming down the staircase for some reason there's there's giant balls there's old-timey dynamite like there's yes. just that. <laughs> nothing nothing makes a whole lot of sense in, the, in that one at least with turtles in time you know you're on a pirate ship everything that's happening to you while it's annoying at least it makes sense you know i i, I picture uh you know like all of that is a potential mm. on a maybe not the board slapping you in the face that's more uh stooges than, than pirates <laughs> I think, but uh I, I still appreciate even the little details of that one yeah yeah yeah, this stage shows one of the few unfortunate side effects about the game being ported. Uh, they weren't able to replicate all the sound effects and voices that the arcade version had. Uh, you're missing some of the turtles' voice. Uh, there's really some like funny comments, the funny comments that the turtles would make uh, like in the arcade game, but then they got like, hit by boards or cannonballs like whatnot. Uh, which unfortunately, unfortunately, this port's lacking just because of the slightly inferior Super NES version. But on the positive note, I... sorry, overall the graphics I thought are are excellent. The graphics, the graphics for this port are just as good as just as good here, like they're like the arcade version. Yeah, that's definitely something to be taken away from it. I mean, I, you're not losing much of anything, and it's, I mean, just kind of overall, it's one of the better looking games for the SNES. I, I thought, you know, in general, mm. um, I, I was that was one of the things that's always impressed me about it. Mm. It yeah, just it's one of those things. that's like it looks perfect for what it is like they weren't stretching it too far to make it look uh better than the technology could handle i guess it it captured the cartoon style but not in a way that they were stretching it too much i guess Mm. yeah like overall the graphics in this game are excellent uh like along the musical soundtrack like you already mentioned uh like you know the colors are very bright large detailed uh, they did a lot of things like small touches. For example, on the stage, uh, have you noticed Bebop and Rocksteady are wearing like pirate outfits like in the 1500s? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice touches. <laughs> I, I, the one thing I really like about the boss battle in this is that it's 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 so uh, early 90s Turtles. Yes. Like, it's goofy. Yeah. They're it's and again stoogy like Mike mentioned. Um, they're like running into each other. Uh, when you hit Rocksteady, he like his, he goes back and his sword crumples up, and there's just a lot of like silliness to it. And you know they they if you let them if you let them alone for long enough, they'll kind of go to the center of the stage and like fight each other for a second. <laughs> and it's just like, well, this is the kind of thing that would happen in the cartoon. It's just, uh, it's, it's fun, you know. Yes, definitely. So, um, the next stage is like my favorites, uh, both because of the music, uh, which is probably my favorite piece, like in the whole game, like overall gameplay. Uh, this is the uh, bury my show at wounded knee stage. We're on the train, uh, circa eighteen ninety, and like you're trying to go through the stage. You, you have like a whole like Native American Indian theme to it, where like you know like foot soldiers, ho- foot soldiers hopping off of horses and firing arrows at you and that kind of stuff. So, and uh, like, and also foot soldiers coming out of ambush, um, just because they had like, uh, uh, like Native American cloaks, cloaks over them and everything. Really, really fun to play through. Very nice touches. I mean, this was, this was my favorite stage, uh, because it looked and played like Sunset Riders, which is my all time favorite mm. video game. Yeah. Um, 
I just I, I thought and the the, <laughs> the fact that it's uh, that Leatherhead is the, the the boss in this one. I mean, it all this one I felt felt like thematically this entire level works as like a, a cohesive package. Mm. Not that the others don't, but this one they just kind of exceeded in. I think. Yes. Yep. And I think um, I just had a thought about this because I was thinking about the Vincent Sunset Riders. Like, if there were somehow to do a cross, like, if, if you could have, uh, you know, Billy and the other Sunset guys, like, just in the background in this one, uh, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> uh, just because that's, that's, you know, that's their time or whatever. And uh, it's like they're they're on their own mission in the background. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the turtles are doing their thing trying to fight <laughs> Leatherhead. Yeah, I'm not sure um, which... Sorry, you guys well, just say, like, I'm not sure which list. game came out first. I, I, uh, did Sunset Riders come out after Turtles? Like, I think it did. Uh, I'm not sure. I, th- I think it probably it, it must have. I mean, I don't I don't remember playing the, the, the uh, SNES port until much later. Um, but I remember uh, the arcade game probably mm. around the time that, that, you know, arcades were going out of style so yeah it was it probably came a little bit later it's it looks like it was almost the same time the uh oh, really? the arcade was 91 really the hmm. home versions came out for the sega in 92 and the super nes in 93 so a year later for the super nintendo version hmm. so maybe i just got everything much later than everyone else <laughs> <laughs> i i didn't play this one until uh yeah i was I mean, I didn't play Sunset Riders until I was like 10 or 11, probably. So it was way after it came out. Yeah, there are a lot of similarities. It's kind of strange how both arcade games that could be done, like, that could be in approximately the same time. Uh, like, it's probably just a coincidence. As far as the similarities go, I mean, obviously, you got four people. You've got slightly different stats for each character. And um, I think one of the biggest takeaways from as far as similarities go is I it feels like it was I don't know this, but it feels like it was the music was written by the same guy. There's a lot of those big uh, orchestra hits like the bow, bow, bow. Like it's kind of hard to Mm -hmm. uh, describe what they sound like. But if you listen to them next to each other, they sound very similar. So it's almost like, again, like the same composer or they were used at least using like the same program or something like that I don't know yeah it almost feels like uh, um, a spiritual (laughs) time which is such a a strange thing to to say but I mean they feel I mean those were two two of my favorite games and I've got to think that there's probably a reason for that i mean they you know they were they were close enough to each other this is also this is also during, during time period like when konami was making konami was making like great games like one after the other like everything they made during this time period like was awesome yeah um agreed i think i think another nice touch that's in both games is you know even though the technology was limited a good amount of uh vocalizations like I mean, it's it's famous, but obviously, bury me with my money is <laughs> bury me with my money <laughs> is like you know classic. And by the same token, the um, you know the oh shell shock is like uh, kind of classic as and rec- instantly recognizable, I guess. Mm. Um, you know when you do like if you, I think it's if you when you do your last hit, like when you're doing a combo, you're in like your one two three four hits. And you do your last one that knocks everybody down. Your turtle will be like, "Yeah, 
And uh, there's just like little thing, little vocalizations. Like I say, the technology is limited and it's kind of distorted sounding. But it just, to me, this was the point uh, that it was just enough to add a character without it getting annoying. Right. Um, I remember playing like a PS2 game uh, in my teens, and I don't remember the name of it or anything, but it was a Ninja Turtles game. And man, the vocalizations were just out of control. It was like every time you, you know, did you did like a jump kick, you know, your your turtle had to say something, and it's just like okay, there there's a there's a fine line, I guess. <laughs> uh, so yeah, moving on. Uh, the next age after this, like another one that was added. Well, not. Uh, I'm sorry, not added, but enhanced and changed significantly, like in the original arcade version. Uh, this is the a uh, uh, 2020 uh, like Neo Knight Rider stage. It's like again very similar to the sewer stage, going sideways by trying to either dodge or, or dodge or defeat enemies like coming up to attack you. So uh, really great graphics, a nice use of mode seven, like a great view of the city in the background, that kind of stuff. So like very very enhanced, like arcade version, like a lot of fun to play. Yeah, I remember this this stage just looking really cool. I remember getting frustrated by it a lot, but I just remember thinking uh, that it looked beautiful. Mm. I mean, it was yeah, it was a really gorgeous scene. It looks like uh, F Zero. Um, yeah, a little bit it does. Part of the stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it before does. it goes kind of side scrolling, it it has very much like an F Zero feel to it. Then of course the whole purpose of those enemies is to just simply wear you down because you have one of the harder boss fights in the game right here, like like Super Krang. Uh, definitely, definitely not easy to beat in this form. Krang is always the worst. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, you have the last regular stage of the game, where like, where like you know, this is like your final exam. Like everything you've already learned in the game, your skills are going to be tested uh, to the max in this stage. This is this is a, a star base where no turtle has gone before. Twenty one hundred. We have to go through everything is thrown at you. Uh, you have like force fields, freezing enemies, electrical attacks, Mausers, rock soldiers, you name it, it like, you name it like being tossed at you. So you gotta be like really like, good and ready to fight. Yeah, this was another one that was just supremely frustrating. This gets to the point in the game where like you, you kind of stop having fun a little bit. <laughs> it just starts getting really, really frustrating and you're just like, okay, time to take a break before I throw the controller through the TV. Like, <laughs> Uh, and to top it all off, Krang, I mean, as as tough as Krang is in the suit, once he gets in that stupid floating floating thing, <laughs> oh my god, it makes you want to die. Um, yep. I love the animation when you hit him. He's like all expanded. Like he, he looks like he's like, been, uh, uh, I don't mean like blown up, like exploded, like blown up as an in inflated, I guess. Yeah. But, um,. Man, he's when he gets like slightly above your level where you can attack him and starts dropping off those little robots. I mm. just I want to die. What's well, a bubble? <laughs> yeah, well that's bad enough. But the bubble is the part I hate the worst. Just like the charging the oh, bubble. Yeah. Ugh. Dude, yeah, that's <laughs> awful. It's the worst. Oh, uh, you you know when you know when you get trapped in a bubble in real life and it, it takes away quite a bit of your energy. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but also, uh, this boss fight also has a nice touch. Like, I really love it in games where, like, you know, like, you don't defeat an enemy all at once, but instead of you damage it bit by bit, you, like, break off parts, cause damage, that kind of stuff. Uh, mm. This, the flying ship thing that Krang's in, it does a great job with that. You can see the damage that's reflecting on it as the battle goes on. Yeah, it makes you feel like you're actually making progress in the level as opposed to, you know, a lot of games where it's just like, is this ever going to end? Like with this one, you know, it seems like there's an end in sight as you as you you know pummel him. 
So, yeah, and then finally, oh, we actually missed a boss fight earlier. Uh, back in the Technodrome, the original... Uh, back in the Technodrome was stage four. Like, I thought these guys were later, but they were actually earlier. Yeah, there's actually two boss fights in the Technodrome. The first boss fight halfway through the stage is it's like in the reference to the movies. Uh, because you have to face, like, you know, Toka and Razor. Uh, the, mm -hmm. So the two mutated turtles, who are, like, are pretty tough. So the, these were not in the arcade game. This is also new to the Super NES version. So. Yeah. So in this game, you've got not one, but two, like, tag team. Yeah. Uh tag team villains right so. and what a what a what a great way to to capitalize on the popularity of, of the movie you know you you add the your your bebop and rocksteady knockoffs um <laughs> and i just i remember thinking as a kid that they were cool characters mm. and now if i go back and i play the game or i watch the movie i just get like boiling mad like i'm just so <laughs> mad uh. at the, the idiot fox and the idiot turtle like the, the little uh. It's the worst. Mm. That makes me so mad. The, I mean, it's one. You have to admit, though, that when they shove the table into Toka and he burps in the movie, Classic. like that's Classic. Yeah, oh, can't can't be beat. Uh, Cameron, I'm I'm done doing the podcast with you. That's, that's over now. Uh, <laughs> We're breaking up again. That, that's it. <laughs> Live on air. <laughs> But yeah, speaking about bosses, like an added bosses to the game, uh, I also made a small mistake earlier. Uh, the, the final boss, the sewer stage, like, is actually the Rat King, uh, also from the cartoon. Uh, the Mech Turtle is actually later on in the game. He's on some sort of hovercraft or something, isn't he? Don't yes, he is. You have to yep. fight him? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's, and, and what a strange what a strange villain. I mean, yeah. <laughs> essentially, you're essentially beating up on a homeless dude in a New York sewer. Like, that's, that's really, that's, that's what the Rat King is. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, he's essentially, he's like a Pied Piper, but like homeless Pied Piper. But just, just broke, broke down, shot out Pied Piper of Hamlet. Like, that's, that's what you're fighting in the sewers of New York. Right. I can't ever play this game the same way again because now it's super sad gonna... <laughs> yeah. all he has is his rats and you're trying to and, up. and that's uh, it and he's not even using them to fight you which is you know like, uh, it's almost as if he's trying to escape you <laughs> oh fun fact um as i'm trying to figure out what the rat king's deal is uh the 2012 teenage mutant ninja turtles cartoon is voiced by jeffrey combs oh perfect the reanimator hmm. voices the rat king yeah uh, so I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts and frustrations like about the final boss fight of the game. Uh, the last stage of the game, you're back in the present, uh, Shredder mutates, same thing like Super Shredder. Uh, very difficult enemy. Uh, I actually think he's a little bit easier than some of the boss fights in the game. It's like you're careful to avoid that like, energetic gun that he has. Uh, because one hit from that, you like you lose a life. Yeah, I remember just thinking, uh, until you could like figure out pattern and, and you know what to avoid, this one was, this one was really difficult. Um, but I remember being a big fan of Super Shredder, like the look of Super Shredder in, in Secret of the Ooze, and just mm. thinking that it was really cool that you, that you actually get to have a proper fight with him. Yeah, actually, you also got to fight him in like, Turtles 3, another Manhattan Project. He was also in that game oh, also. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I so, completely forgot about that. Um, but I just I just thought it was better, you know, that we get to... To fight him in a video game than him, you know, like fall through the dock in a movie. Um, yeah, so. yeah, that's like the worst villain death where he ba essentially just kills himself. <laughs> yeah, he's too heavy, so uh, he falls through the dock. Like that's. Uh, <laughs> but I, I remember it's it's 
it's not the fire that gets you and mm. it's not the mutation thing that gets you those are at least in my case they're somewhat easy to avoid when you you know you can see the colored flame around them yes yep. it's it's the uh i would always get hit by the one he would shoot diagonally upwards at you like that was the one that would get me a lot of times that's why and you never like jump around like in this fight because if you don't jump around like you get to avoid that exactly um so when i replayed it recently i noticed that the diagonal one he didn't do it i don't know if that's just because of the randomness of the attack and it didn't happen or if in easy uh, mode yeah i was gonna just, say I, he doesn't do it in easy mode yeah so but. i i think there were again you know we we touched on a couple of differences you know the the thing little things that they change for the difficulty levels mm -hmm. and as opposed to just being like okay well you'll take less damage and you'll give more damage or something simple like that there's like actual design bits like mm. the rat king fight on harder levels you know you have to he's shooting these two missiles at you from his little rat hover boat or whatever <laughs> and you have to like get in between them and hit him right and the harder modes he shoots like a laser in between that every once in a while and that obviously makes it a lot harder to get to where you can hit him so there's just a lot of little differences like that yeah, Konami did the same thing with like Contra 3 also. Like I'm not sure if you guys have played that game, but uh, there was also major there was, there was also major differences in that game between the three difficulty levels. Did you say Contra 3? Yes. Yeah, I I haven't played that uh, personally. Our buddy Todd Rom, he's played it, but um, <laughs> Cameron Cameron, you've played it, haven't you? Yeah, I've definitely played uh, Contra 3. I haven't gotten very far. Um, well, this is the podcast that Aaron and I did on it because we gave a lot of like you know great hips. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I was listening to it, and I was like, man, I need to just try it again. But yeah, usually uh, once that that big uh, T-1000 head comes poking out of the wall, like the big metal skeleton head, mm -hmm. that's usually yeah. the end for me. So. Yeah. Uh, but that's a nice segue also because of the fact that, you know, this game also really shines, I think, a two-player mode. Uh, this game's so this game's great fun to play, just like Contra. Like, it's a lot to... to so this game's a lot easier, like a lot easier, like somebody like playing the game with you, because uh, because a lot of foot soldiers later on in the game who block attacks, so tag team to tag team those enemies like is very helpful. And of course, being able to hit boss fights from different sides also makes like a lot easier. So this is a great game to play with friends. Most definitely. So yeah, that's the whole game in a nutshell. Uh, this is definitely a fun game. Like, you're not a Turtles fan? I still think there's enough gameplay value and enough challenge here uh, to make it very entertaining. If you're just a fan of like beat up games in general, because uh, it gets cartoony, it's over the top. Uh, like it's funny, like in some places. Uh, the, the music's great. The graphics, the graphics are very good, and it's a relatively short. Um, it's a short game, which shows a bunch of challenges, especially at the higher difficulty level. So, uh, like, so all in all, this is like an excellent game, I thought. Yeah, I mean, I, f I feel like the 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 fact that you know, there's it's not even a nostalgia thing. I mean, I can go back to this game now and still have just as much fun with it as I did, you know, when I played it as a kid. I mean, it, it's it's one of those games that really has stood the test of time, uh, and you know, is still just a blast to to play. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I mean, and if you look it up, it's seeing people talk about it online and stuff. That's it's evident there too that the interest is still there for this game, just because you know it's well made. It's like you know, like you were saying, like so many of the other Konami titles of this era, uh, they just did it right, and that was the end of it. Like it was just just a great game that 
was a really good extension of the foundation that was already there with the NES games, but then um, expanded on everything in a logical way that made it really fun and memorable. And, I mean, I'm interested to hear y'all's opinion on this as well, but to me, it's the seminal uh, Turtles beat-em-up. Like, it's the best one, even if it's not the most typical Turtles story, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the fact that it it includes so many elements of, of uh, you know, just the Ninja Turtles cartoons and the movies, and, I mean, it... I, for, for my money, I mean, it, it's it's kind of the perfect Ninja Turtles experience. Yeah, this game's also my favorite of the classic Turtles games. I, like, you know, I didn't think anything could beat the original arcade game, because that game's also very, very good, but Turtles in Time still manages to top it somehow. Um, so, just... Like this game, this game showed like a blast to play, even like today, like you guys were saying. Yeah. Uh, one last gameplay topic to toss out there. Uh, there are people out there listening to this who I'm sure, who I'm sure, like never played this game for one reason or another. Um, I'm Fix sure that now. <laughs> <laughs> well, in preparation for that, uh, do you guys have any uh, hints or tips to anybody coming to this game for the first time? Uh, like any like gems of wisdom that you can pass on to them to help them out? Oh, jeez, Cam, what do you got? Oh man. Um... Really, I think it's just about setting it as easy as possible. Easy, you know, move your rests up to seven and just get all the boss patterns down and move up from there. Um, Because I really think, you know, if you give yourself a primer and you give yourself something that's not too challenging, uh, you'll be able to move up in pretty pretty quick order and be able to beat it maybe on the hardest setting. And um, like I said, it's, it's just fun. So I don't think you'll have any problem coming back to it and just getting more practice. Yeah, I mean, I would have to agree. I mean, there's not there's not like a, there's not a lot of like little hidden tips or tricks or anything. Uh, play play with a friend, man. That's that's the biggest yeah. one. I I don't think the game is. I mean, it is. It's fun no matter how you play it. But you know, if you're if you're hanging out with with your friends and and you're a retro gamer anyway, uh, you know, crack this one out and and sit down and play with your buds because i mean it's it's still a blast i mean you know like i said i mean it it has stood the the test of of turtles in time uh uh, it's uh, a little pun uh it's it's still a lot of fun um yeah i mean i cam you and i i mean we played the arcade game and we're going to play turtles in time together um and i mean another guy who comes on our show a lot ethan hudson he and i just as recently as probably six, eight months ago, played Turtles in Time all the way through one afternoon, and it was just a blast. I mean, so that's the big thing. Just just play with people who uh, who are not only your friends but are also uh, fun to play co-op games with. But lone Wolves, those are no fun to play with. Uh, <laughs> yeah, play, yeah. Play with, play with good co-op partners. Yeah, somebody who's going to say... I see a pizza box. Who's got lower energy? Yes, definitely. Uh, not, yeah. <laughs> that person who just goes through it, goes to it, you can be like, all right, dude, we, we just probably shouldn't be friends in general. <laughs> um, I think one note that isn't a piece of advice that I've followed myself is actually knowing how to do the different jump kicks, and this mm-hmm. is something we didn't talk about. You know, there, there are quite a few um, extra moves you can do in this game that yes, didn't yep. exist in the other ones, like there's the dash. Uh, you can do a dash ram thing, and then you can do a, a dash somersault. You can do a dash slide. 
But then, and I, I can do, I know how to do all those and can do them, you know, when, when I need to. It's the jump kicks, the different jump kicks that I can never, it's always an accident when uh, I do the one where you kind of like go up slowly and kick, uh, like you just jump straight up and kick. And then, of course, there's the regular one that was in the other games where you kind of go down diagonally. And then there's one where um, you'll kind of do a somersault and slash with your, with your weapon. And you can do that multiple times on your way down. Yep. And I cannot figure out how to do each one, like, at will. It just seems <laughs> to happen randomly. Yeah, there's not really too many combos in this game, but as you mentioned, the, the combos that are available in this game are very, very useful. So, like, you know, looking at the manual uh, or finding one online um, to look at the to, to look at the controls of the combos, like, it's very, very handy. Uh, you can also you can also remap the controller like you're liking, also to make it easier for you. So, learning those combos combos like will go a long way to helping you to do well in the game. Um, and the other combos, the like we get to grab the to grab the enemies and and they need to bash them side to side or throw them off the screen are great also because those are quick ways to get rid of enemies especially when you have like six seven enemies attacking you all at once so you need to be able to, to clear that pack quickly so grabbing one of them going wham 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 and getting rid of some of them that way like you know very very helpful yeah I I would often make the mistake of like I'm one of those guys I'm like oh I gotta get the the score you know because. Every 200, for every 200 points, you uh, you get an extra life. Right. So if you kill them, if you kill a foot by slamming one back and forth, um, you don't get the points for them. So I always I always make the mistake of trying to beat them all up, and in the process end up losing lives. <laughs> but you know, yeah. such is life, I guess. Right. Um, finally, uh, just to finish off, uh, there are some codes in this game that might be able to help you out also. Um, there are two codes uh, that were removed from the North American version. They're only present in the Japanese version. Uh, one of them was level select, which would have been very handy. Another removed code uh, would see the game ending. Um, but there are three codes still present in the North American version uh, version of the game, like in the European version, that, that could be very helpful to you. One of them is give you extra lives. Or do this one, choose one of the option menu. Take control two, and then on that, like that controller, push up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA. Yes, the infamous Konami code. Uh, yeah. like it does work in this game. Uh, do that on the option menu control two, and you'll be able to, like, you'll be able to give yourself like, like nine lives. So, very, very handy. So that one that will help. Uh, multiple continues. So when your game's over and you're on your game over screen after using your last continue, push start on control two. Like you'll be able to start over again. Uh, play another continue, so very very handy. And then finally, there's also hidden, like hidden secret song in the game. Um, to, to listen to this on the option screen in hard mode, select staff in the sound, like the sound test. Like I push B to hear it, like tap Y to end it. So, uh, cool Easter egg thing, like in there. Yeah, definitely. So, as mentioned earlier, this game was very, very popular. Like, it sold very well. Um, that also accounts for this game being relatively easy to find on eBay and also pretty like, also pretty expensive of, like, if I want the cart. Uh, there are 850 copies of this sold recently on eBay, and I found carts, I found carts that had sold for cheaply as $10 bucks, uh, plus shipping. So, that's a pretty good price. Um, they yeah, do go, that's, that's definitely a lot lower than I would have guessed. So, they do go as high as $87. Um, but if you just use some very careful bargain pricing and if bargain pricing like just wait for a copy, uh, yeah, you can stack one with like pretty cheap. Uh, CIB, that 
this is where it gets pricey. Like you want to get like the box and the manual. Um, I, I did find copies like cheap as forty six dollars that sold. Found copies that copies that sold for as much as three hundred seven dollars. So this game's pretty expensive in complete form. But but for card only, just because it was popular and produced in large amounts, not that bad to forget. So. And speaking of the cartridge, uh, the cover art for this is great. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, it's so like sharp and in your face and kind of like more gritty turtles. Um, I love it. Uh, yeah, the box art is the box art picture definitely more reminiscent like the comic book look. I uh, I thought. I, so that's pretty much the game. Uh, I really appreciate like having both you guys here in the podcast with me. Uh, do you have any like final thoughts or thoughts or thoughts or comments like as far as the game goes? Uh, that like I mean, just like I said, just to you know, kind of close it out. I mean, I you know, I of of the retro games. I mean, this one still stands up and is still just as much fun now as the first time I played it. Yeah, I'd I'd have to. Uh, I concur, Michael. <laughs> uh, uh, so where can folks like find that wonderful podcast that the two of you work on together? Cam, you want to give them the information? Well, we're based out of SoundCloud, which you can find at uh, SoundCloud. I think it's SoundCloud.com slash Bigger Show Podcast. And yes. we're on iTunes as Bigger Show Podcast. We're also on, you can find us easily on Twitter and Facebook as well. So there you go. Twitter, Twitter, we're at Bigger Showcast. And Facebook is Facebook.com slash Bigger Show Podcast. Yeah. And like, as you mentioned earlier, we're planning, we already did a kind of a short playthrough of the original Turtles arcade game. And in conjunction with this podcast uh, that we're on right now, we're hoping to do a playthrough uh, here pretty soon and kind of release them at the same time. Oh, cool. So okay. you get you can watch us kind of uh, clean up the streets and take care <laughs> of them foots. Oh, this game definitely a lot of fun to watch. So I got people play it. Uh, YouTube has amazing uh, playthroughs, both of the arcade version and also Super NES version. So definitely like a blast to watch. Uh, you can find this podcast on Facebook. Uh, uh, you can also email me directly at supernespodcast@yahoo.com, and you are also available like on iTunes and Stitcher. Um, for our next episode, I'm going to have uh, guest host uh, Philip Vaughn uh, like on the podcast. Uh, talking about one of his favorite Super NES games, uh, the underrated um, but still very good, I think, RPG Breath of Fire 2. So, oh, I remember that one. I'm yeah, forward to this episode. <laughs> She's one of the games that kind of like you know forgotten these days because the series kind of like dead. So, so it's a lot of fun talking to him about it. Yeah, I mean, real people, you get to turn into a dragon. I mean, what else do you need? <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. So, going from podcast talking about mutated turtles to talking to, 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 to the podcast talking about a mutated dragon. So, <laughs> uh, so okay. Um, I really appreciate having both of you on the podcast again, Cameron, uh, Mike. That was great to have you on here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, man, it's a blast as always. Okay, um, so thank you very much again. It's like about the help and support. And I welcome like all the feedback and comments, comments, suggestions. Keep us uh, feedback and comments coming uh, to improve future episodes of the podcast. If you'd like to be on the podcast later on to talk about your favorite Super NES game, send me an email like find me on Facebook. So uh, thanks again for the support. If I can help, and uh, cowabunga. <laughs> uh, take care, all. Nintendo controls 80% of the video market. But no matter how you play the game, or which game you play, things definitely have come a long way since Pac-Man. Now you're playing with power. 
Super Power.